This episode of Nintendo Pop Block is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our Fennial podcast, head over to patreon.com slash Media or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Black here on Boss Rush Games. I'm your host and Latin Side Andy V. Joining me is the one, the only bossman himself, Mr. Curry Derrick. Hello, good sir. Hello, Ed. It's good to be here today. It's a wonderful Sunday night, ready to talk about some Nintendo, some other things going on. Very happy to be here. Nice hoodie, by the way. Uh nice hoodie yourself, everybody. If you're looking uh <laughs> yes, this is the new uh, Famicom Boss Rush uh, hoodie, uh, Super Nintendo or Super Famicom, I should say. And it's Game Gear, it's the Game, Game Gear one. You know what? I thought it was the Super Nintendo one. Yes, Game Gear, everybody. I'm no, sorry. I'm no, but Nintendo. the the game, the Super Nintendo with like the color multicolored circles interlocking, <laughs> is it also a great idea? Yes. Right. Uh, I gotta write that down. Hold on, I gotta open yes. my notepad. Gotta write that down. <laughs> and so, everybody. side side tangent on that, Ed. I'm trying to yes. come up with cool designs for that are more than just like our lo- logos on shirts. Not not that like people don't want those and stuff, right? But like, I'm trying to come up with alternate cool versions that remind people of things, but also have our stuff on it. Mm-hmm. So yes. I'm also working on a really cool Xbox one. I think it's cool. I showed Ed a little bit. Um, it's I more love of like the logo. It, it's more of like the logo if we ever rebooted Arsenal X or whatever. And I don't know if when we have time, that's something I would really like to explore at some point. But uh, mm. that and standard def, really. But we just don't have time to do it right now. Uh, but it's kind of cool looking. Yes. So I think I'm going to do it. Yes, so everybody can see Corey is wearing our Boss Rush Media uh, yeah. hoodie. I'm wearing uh, the uh, Game Gear one. You can, all guys could get these at our store. On uh, Just go to BossRush.net, check out store, and it will take you there. It, you can get it in shirts, hoodies, different sizes, uh, whatever you would like. And I am definitely loving this one. Um, I I had to get an extra large because I'm just like I know this one's gonna feel snug. <laughs> and yeah, feels this good. hoodie this hoodie feels a little snug, but it's just encouragement of to uh, lose some weight. Uh, it, the, it this the is the other. Oh, I, I I just want to say the other logos we. The other logos I really like. The Talk the Walk logo looks really cool on a hoodie, by the way. Just uh-huh. that, the road sign. Uh-huh. Looks really good. Looks nice. really cool. And then obviously we have like our pride and our women's rights logos and our, our trans rights logos and stuff. So those are all up there too. But, you yes, know. Yes, I got to start kind of... Oh, good. Uh, I was going to say, you wear the pride hoodie all the time. Yes, I love that pride hoodie so much. <laughs> it's so it's so nice. It's it's simple, but it I just love that color on the black, and it's just like oh, this is so beautiful and everything. Um, yeah, the, but everybody... the thing is, oh, I ahead, hate that. I hate that logo for the for I hate that logo for the Boss Rush podcast. It's like the 
previous logo we had before mm-hmm. we reverted back to the old one. But like for the like, you know, the the rights logos, shirts, it like it, <laughs> that logo holds colors very well because you can just swap the line art out in and out with different colors like the mm-hmm. like the rainbow for pride or the different pinks for, you know, it just holds colors really well. Yes, uh, I know I gotta probably order a new one for our pride panel this year. I'm not gonna start reaching out uh, to guests uh, for it because I think this year's pride panel is gonna be a really good discussion. Um, definitely with the things that's going on with trans people and trust the gay community in different states, definitely in the south. Like it's gonna be a really good one this year, and I'm really excited to have those discussions. Um, mm-hmm. But Everybody, before we actually get into the show, we actually do have kind of like two news things uh, to talk about. I know Kurt is like, huh? Uh, well, the first one is Lance Reddick. Uh, yeah. He was 60. Um, he was the voice of Commander Zavaka or Zavala. So Zavala. in the video, I mean, he in the video game realm, he played he plays Silas in Horizon Zero Dawn on yes. the PlayStation franchise. He also has played Commander Zavala for 10 years in Destiny. And that's I think this hit really hard for Destiny players in particular mm-hmm. because Zavala's been such a focal point of Destiny for 10 years. And uh it was really hard as someone who plays a lot of Destiny and kind of seeing where the I mean I this isn't meant to be insensitive or anything is, but I think the first question a lot of destiny players had as they kind of took on this news and kind of after they kind of mourned his loss. And I mean, there are millions and millions of pictures people are posting online of their guardians going and kneeling at Zavala or, you know, putting their sh- if you're a Titan, there's a shield emote and, there, you know, mm-hmm. you, you emote the shield to him or doing the uh, sigil. There's like the season of the haunted sigil that people have uh, have and they've been doing that. And it's just it was like a really. For a community that's like really, <laughs> really divided on a bunch of stuff and yeah, uh, gets angry at stuff sometimes and, you know, kind of really shouting what we want and what we need and whatever and we kind of lose sight that there's actually real people that that are working really hard to bring us games like destiny and i mean even even nintendo games and stuff also right but like yes it was really really um uh cool for the community to come together like that and you know, there's pictures of entire fire teams and uh, clans and entire towers full of people just kneeling and standing with and sharing their pictures and memories and stuff. And like we tweeted something out from the Tower Casuals account, which is the Destiny podcast that I host. And uh, a lot of people were like replying to the <laughs> to the Tower Casuals post that we made of, you know, the the whole thing and i mean that it <laughs> that tweet's been seen like let's see as of as of this recording that tweet has been seen 7116 times 
And that's wow. just our small little podcast, let alone, you know, the bigger podcasts or just like destiny fans and streamers in general. And, um, I think the biggest question for destiny fans now, after we've kind of accepted and kind of shown our respects and seeing what's happening and, like, what are they going to do with this character now? Because he's so important. And Lance Reddick was so important to bringing that character to life. Right. And, uh, mm. you know, we, we've we all had our theories that maybe through the final shape, which is the last Destiny expansion, that Zavala might not make it anyway. But, I mean, I think we're all kind of preparing for that now because... They're, we Bungie's expected to, as of this recording, Bungie's expected to make some sort of announcement that they're going to do some sort of uh, honoring uh, Lance Reddick within the game somehow. Yeah, and then they're going to kind of and and again, we don't know how how much Lance Reddick has done for the final shape because a lot of the stuff is done a year to a year and a half in advance. So for all we know, his stuff is already done. So for it's the, the final voice. shape. So now everybody knows the voice acting that's been recorded. Yeah, the voice acting. Yeah, Lance Reddick is the voice actor for Zavala. He's not like the motion capture person or anything, uh, but he does the voice. And a lot of, you know, a lot of this stuff is done a year, year and a half in advance, sometimes even longer, uh, just to combat schedules and everything. Because, I mean, obviously, Lance Reddick was a huge actor. He's in John Wick. He was doing other video game projects. Dude. He was doing the that Continental project that that uh spinoff he did the resident evil the recent resident evil movie mm -hmm. like he's you know <laughs> he was he like was... go ahead quantum break quantum break he was yeah. so good in it and it was just it's i, I don't know if uh we don't know about if there's gonna be a quantum break too we don't know if um how because I know this Friday, this whole weekend, like I won't even touch the movies this whole weekend because I feel like John Wick 4, if he's in there, it's going to be packed this week. He is, I'm, it's it's weird because like he, he passed away Friday morning, right? Yes, on Wednesday, he he had a video on Instagram about John Wick 4 and how he hopes people enjoy the movie, like just like an Instagram video. And, uh, and, and may, I, may I say before you go, I'm sorry, Corey. For him no. to be 60 and the way that he looked, he does not look 60 at all. I know. I didn't I didn't know he was that old. I mean, I knew he was kind of up there just based on, like, the stuff that he's been in. Like, The Wire mm -hmm. was, like, 20 years ago at this point. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't I didn't realize he was that old. But also, like, 60 is still really, really young, you know? Yeah. Just put, it puts a lot of things in perspective, really, you know? Yes. It was really so, sad, and, and as a fan of him in general, and as a fan of Destiny, and you know, obviously, you brought up Quantum Break, and I really love Horizon as well. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's good. It's, he's it's, great in that. It's going to leave a huge hole in those franchises for sure moving forward. You know, uh, because for those who played uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, he's like the main villain. <laughs> essentially <laughs> you know like what are they gonna do you know yeah and it's it's and gonna it's gonna it's gonna leave a, a huge hole for people who who really love his his work and his and appreciate him as an actor and and the fact also like and for destiny in particular i don't mean to keep going back to destiny it is a, it is a nintendo podcast but like 
he plays destiny like he's a huge destiny player and like the night before he passed away his profile showed him playing destiny like he was still playing and it's just uh it's a it's a big loss for everyone that was it's just you know i it i was, had a really hard time processing that news i i don't know it was out of the blue, it really was out of the blue because like yeah. didn't nobody know he was sick or or anything. Um, yeah, nobody then, really knows. It said that like all the reports are saying he died of natural causes. Yeah, you know, which is like, well, that's worrisome in and of <laughs> itself. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I know when I started seeing the pictures for Destiny, uh, it took me a minute. Because I'm just like he was in Destiny, uh, and I didn't mm-hmm. think of his I didn't think of his voice or anything. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, when I started seeing the pictures and seeing who they were uh, talking about, I was just like, okay, now I understand. Now I know and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, no disrespect to the Destiny players, you know, I kind of hopped off Destiny after I finished the game, but I got the DLC. Um, I gotta get the I gotta get the last one. I still gotta buy the new season and stuff. Um and get uh and just, you know, go into that world. Um uh, but it was just interesting because to me it came to mind for movies and quantum break. Um uh-huh. when they mentioned horizon, I'm just like, that is right, he was in there. But I'm like, I think because he comes so later in the game in the first one, you just don't think about it. And then just like, well, he's in the end, uh cutscene of part one and then seeing what he's done in part two and everything um and i feel like that's gonna probably uh with horizon two that's probably gonna go up in sales i think people are gonna be buying stuff that he was in or playing do stuff and watching stuff that he was in uh to see his work and everything um and i know that that sounds kind of crazy that a lot you know the companies are going to profit off of his death and everything but i'm like people who don't have it or who know part of his work probably going to try to get all of his work that he was in it doesn't happen always but like but there are people out there who do that when a celebrity passes away and everything so um i really wanted to bring that up because I know he meant something to the uh, Destiny community, and I and I just feel like he he his work really spoke for what he, his craft was and why people uh, loved it. You know, he was kind of person that could play evil and be good <laughs> in a sense. And you know, well, he played Wesker in the in the in the Resident Evil movie. You know, whether people <laughs> thought it was good or not, that's a different. Oh, the Netflix whatever. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they said he was kind of like the best thing of that uh, TV show and everything. Well, yeah. So I mean, that's <laughs> that's a given. Uh, I think. Yeah, but we just but. I think here at Power Block and kind of just Boss Rush in general. I think um, even though he didn't have anything really to do with Nintendo, I think he he had a love for games. I feel like probably, and I think he probably played some Nintendo games and stuff. Um, but I, I just wanted to get that out um, in our thing because I think uh, definitely yes, Destiny's not on Nintendo or anything. Like I even looked up to see if there was anything Nintendo related that you know, whether it's first or third party, um, and there's really nothing there. Uh, I think he's still 
you know, should definitely get some love and respect for the Nintendo community for all the break that he has done. I mean, I think I think he should just get respect from all entertainment communities. Mm-hmm. He's he was just such a uh, joy to listen to. Right. He had yes. that powerful kind of really great voice and uh, very iconic voice, um, very iconic presence, especially, you know, recently with with, uh you know, besides Destiny and, and Horizon, but with something like John Wick also, right? Like, yes. you know, a lot of people talk about his kind of... It's not a, a huge part, but he's iconic in that movie series as well. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big loss, and uh, he's going to be missed by a lot of people for sure. Yes. Regardless when of our... where you know. Yes. And our second news, everybody, uh, Bossrush is presenting a new podcast coming soon called Jump Off Point. And uh, <laughs> this crazy look. Uh, Jump Off Point is going to be our conversation show where not only do we talk about trends that's going on Twitter, uh, or on Twitter or social media, but we're going to be talking about some of the Bossrush betters that our writing team uh, delivers daily on bossrush.net. So, uh-huh. um, it's, it's going to be such a fun game. Uh, the show's going to be hosted by me and Jesse. Um, uh, Corey's going to join in when he can, or if he decides to, and, uh, it's coming later on in the future. Uh, so we hope that you guys do check it out. We would definitely love the feedback if you guys are enjoying it. Um, if you would like, think that we should add some things and stuff. We we kinda got I kinda gotta figure it out. I uh sent our guests and Corey I sent you um the notes and stuff for like kind of our pilot episode. So hopefully you guys will check that out in April and yeah let us know if you guys enjoy it. Um yeah. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really fun thing because we're mixing uh it's not just gonna be about games but it's gonna be uh, kind of just things that's going on in the world, conversation pieces that we want to have or we normally don't have here on Boss Rush. So, um, yeah, I think just to kind of give people like a, an idea of why we're doing this is because um, some people, it's just it's just like a scheduling thing with a lot of people. Uh, and Jesse wants to get back into things, and um, our whole the whole thing is like we are trying not to have more than four people on a podcast at one time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I just think, I feel like once you kind of have that people start talking over each other, but I don't want anybody to feel like they're missing out on something yes. uh, and kind of pushed away. And I also think it's important for Ed and Ed and Jesse as founders to head up a, a podcast that we can look at, at and point at as some sort of like third kind of, pillar in a flagship series of podcasts right you know and i think this is interesting that we can get our writing team involved we can get you know guests from outside involved and just pick topics uh, uh, from all over you know i mean if there's a gaming topic yeah i would love to talk about that like i already have a gaming topic in mind since it's been trending for like three months right (laughs) and we Mm -hmm. don't really have a show that can cover it really uh in a meaningful way uh gaming entertainment if there's something else trending on twitter like uh 
I don't know if I go to explore and hit trending. <laughs> let's see. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, my wife would like this 90 day fiance is trending. Uh, I mean, if somebody really wanted to talk about something like that, I guess we could. Uh, yeah. You know, the, uh, you know, Major League Baseball is trending because spring training is going on. If we have a sports fan and wants to talk about like, I think this this could do some very interesting things or, you know, also, also like our major topic of the show, like Ed said, will be a boss rush banter just to get the website stuff more involved as well. And yes. kind of because we don't really as much as I would like to, we don't really get the website involved as much as we should probably <laughs> to on the show, right? Or yes. on any of the shows. And uh, I think that's a good way to kind of get people in, uh, looking at our featured stuff. And then obviously, uh, if you look at our YouTube channel, we've been clipping out the topics from the Boss Rush podcast. And I think if we clip those topics out too, you know, just as a from a growth standpoint, we could clip those out, make those separate clips on YouTube. We could also put those clips into the Boss Rush Banter articles as they come around, or we can go back later and add them. Right. So, uh, yeah, and I think it's going to be fun. I yeah. I will probably be on maybe like once a month, I would say. But this is really a focused show for Ed and Jesse and our writers and you know, guests from outside, like, you know, like I think, especially when there's certain things that are happening, you know, like when a new star Wars, something comes out, Mark Carabin comes to mind. would be really cool to have on the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some Marvel things coming out. Todd would probably Todd or or Charlie from secret friends would probably be a a great guest, you know? So yeah, Yeah. I think it's going to be a cool show. Um, and I'm excited, not excited and, to make new assets or anything, but I think it's, I'm excited. <laughs> and I know the new thing for me is that for a lot of the trends, a lot of the topics that whatever comes, uh, it gives me a chance to get me educated and learn so I could speak about them. Because trust me, I don't know anything about sports, but if somebody want to talk about some sports stuff, I'm going to take the time to be like, okay, let's talk about it. Let me learn. Give me the gist of it then okay let's have this conversation and everything mm-hmm. um and that's going to be a big to me it's going to be a big learning thing because i think sometimes when you have a conversation and it's good when people know stuff and have that dialogue back and forth but when one person knows something and another person doesn't know it makes the conversation better because it's informing it's education mm-hmm. and sometimes goofiness could come out of it so um I am excited for this. Uh, guys, you will be able to check it out in April. We don't have a release date yet in April, uh, but we cannot wait for you guys to check it out and uh, let us know what you guys yeah. think. And I think I think to on that note, we're trying to really like rework the schedule to fit this in on a day that's going to make sense. And mm-hmm. I think Wednesday really makes sense for that show. Uh, and it'll be just like the rest of our shows. It'll be two week early access. If you support us on Patreon and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it works out. But I think, uh, pow block on Patreon, pow block will still be on Tuesday, but I think it'll also be released on Wednesday for, for, so you'll get two podcasts on Wednesday if you're not a patron. So that's also cool. I think. Yes. 
could also be a patron and get all of our podcasts for a dollar early. Yes. All of them. Uh, <laughs> you so. can check them out now. Yeah. Also, I, Ed and I are also going to be trying to head up some interviews to while Celeste is on a hiatus. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I know I'm going, I've, I'm already going to set one up with, uh, Celia Schilling, she's the marketing director over at Yacht Club Games. I'm really trying to, uh, after PAX, um, have her on again because she was really interesting. Uh, and I wanted to ask her way m- more questions than I did, but it was, uh, that's not the show for that. <laughs> uh, you know, like our, the whole point of the Boss Rush podcast is to have cool guests that do cool things, talk to them for, you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes about their job and what they do and then just have them be a guest on the show because you know sorry this i know we got to start the show but like i think sometimes especially when like where i work and stuff sometimes i think people might be tired of just talking about their job and where they work and i want to i want to have cool guests on and like yeah we'll interview them in a 1v1 situation at some point but like just allow them to feel like a person <laughs> instead of like, <laughs> oh, you work for, you know, way forward. Tell us about way forward. Tell us about Shante. Tell us about all these things that you probably talk about all day, every day. And, you know, now you're spending it in 60 to 75 minutes with us talking about the same thing outside of work. And it's like, let's let's let them feel like a person for a minute and let them just right. hang out. And so that's uh, <laughs> let, let them nerd out with us, you know, have fun. Um, yeah, also, I think maybe soon we'll probably try. We're going to try to get some guests the way we have been on that show onto the show as well. Yes. Not that we don't love Grayson, but we have Grayson on all the time. And <laughs> Grayson is my backup. Know. I owe him. I won't. I want to text him and be like, look, I owe you dinner, uh, lunch. Thank you for all that you do. I'll, I'll treat you, the boyfriend, out. Uh, and we'll just have a good time. I might text them actually Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, I, I will. I I hope Grayson comes back soon. I really enjoy his presence. Yes. He's coming on the Boss Rush podcast in a couple weeks, though. I'm very excited. Yes. Well, everybody, um, I, I think we're probably going to skip about what we talked about, what, uh, our weekend stuff in our day, because yeah, it's kind of... Very <laughs> yeah, my mm, yeah. So everybody, it's time for Snatendo. Uh Corey, I had a Pokeball today and it's so good. I, I swear I love Pokeballs. Uh of course oh I have gosh. pineapple. Every time, you say, every time you say Pokeball, I think you say you're saying Pokeball, and I'm like, <laughs> I need to know what this snack is. But it's not. Uh, it's like a real food. Yes. Um I had that. Uh, I ordered uh, chilies yesterday um, because I, I barely ate yesterday and stuff. Um, so I had like their chili secret burger and stuff. They're three for 10. Um, I had, uh, I treated my, um, well, actually, uh, I don't know if I talked about it last week. Oh, yeah, I did because I talked about the uh, Chipotle uh, quesadilla. Um but I treated my employees Friday 
uh to Chipotle. You remember I, I texted you and I said it's gonna be a long day and stuff. Well, mm-hmm. the, the closing manager called in because he had a health emergency to deal mm-hmm. with, so I had to stay. Um Thursday night I had brought pizza for my team and everything from Domino's. So I had a Supreme pizza. Uh, ate that and since i had to stay friday and i didn't and uh, my friday crew you know probably didn't have dinner or anything um i was just like i'm gonna treat them out uh for friday and i told them uh you know i'm like i did this for my 19 thursday uh and i know i wasn't supposed to close anything so i was just wanted to be fair and i treated them out to chipotle they got a chipotle salad and everything they said it was really good i've never had their salads Bunch of mm. or anything. They only have one um, kind of dressing, and it's uh, um, and it's it's kind of like just like the spicy kind of sauce. It's not even really salad dressing. Well, they now they got that honey chipotle uh vinaigrette that I talked about uh last week. They got it now for the salads too, and everything. So I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Uh. And that's pretty much it. Didn't really eat anything new. Uh, I am going to be try- trying to look for some new restaurants. I was supposed to go get sushi yesterday, but I had so much other stuff that I had to get done. So yesterday, so I um this I think I'm a, I'm probably gonna go this weekend to go get some. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. I and I haven't been to the grocery store to see if there's some new snacks or anything out anything but like that pokeball today was definitely hidden oh it was so good i i like their they got the sweet soy sauce to it and i just it's not to react or anything but i'm like it's so good uh with it so now every time i order something uh i go in uh and order that my decai uh they, I always ask for the pineapple and I ask for the sweet uh, soy sauce and just nom, 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 good and everything. So, uh, mm. that's pretty much all I did have. I, I, I had, did have a feeling that, oh, I should go to all. I was literally by all these. I'm just like, I should turn in all these, get a pizza and some pepperoni <laughs> and do what mm. Corey does. But I was mm. just like, I'm gonna do that later because I, I was going to plan on getting a pizza Friday. But I had to work, so I had to skip the piece of thing for Friday. Yeah. Oh, man. I uh, I had uh, we made some case fajita quesadillas tonight, and those mm. were pretty good. Uh, except, man, I got so I've been really trying to avoid red meat when I can, honestly. Mm-hmm. And tonight we made it with ground beef and just kind of reminds me why I don't eat a lot of red meat anymore, (laughs) you know, if at all. (laughs) And and my wife kind of felt the same way, too. We're just like, man, our stomachs are just uh, just hurt afterwards. Um, Is it like bubbly or it's just like like pain? It's just like it's just like, uh, man, you just kind of feel miserable and your stomach kind of it hurts, but not like a not like a pain. It's not like painful it's just like kind of like this disgusting kind of feeling you know because mm-hmm. i guess pain might be the wrong word but i don't know understandable that's understandable yeah yeah so that's uh that's kind of what i've been saying on oh we also got the like 
my wife got uh like not zebra cakes but like the equivalent of a zebra cake and uh they were really good kind of but they were like the ones with the white icings and like some sprinkles and stuff they were really good oh were they like in squares uh no they were they were hexagons but they they weren't okay. chocolate they're just oh tasty i forgot how good they were were they the isekai i wonder they might yeah they might have been yeah, because okay, that's the so, holiday that's coming up. I'm like, they probably revolving around some holiday, but I forget. I don't yeah, know. so so I got the chocolate kind, but I seen the white one, the zebra cake kind too. Yeah, I, so I know what she got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I literally bought this one on the whim. I was just like, oh, they got them out. I just try them. You know, yeah. Little snack. So yeah. So yeah, but that's kind of all I've been snacking on. If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. Where everybody, it's time for Pay With Power! Corey, I'm gonna let you start. Where do we play with power? Great. Uh, I've been playing a little bit, actually. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, last week I recorded like <laughs> seven, eight, nine podcasts somewhere in there for, uh, to kind of give, uh, the team a little bit of a break during PAX. Uh, obviously PAX is next weekend and, or this coming weekend, I guess. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to give everybody who's not going the week off and everybody who is going t- time to enjoy it and not have to feel like anybody's missing anything. So uh, that's kind of been my week. I also guessed it on Crossroads last Tuesday. So that was, yeah. uh, you know, another night taken up. But that's uh, my <laughs> question. So uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we were making fun of you. It's fine. Why? What the heck did I do? We were poking fun at you. It was fun because that's it's just the it's the the affection we give you, Ed. You know that. Um, no, we were trying to figure out how to answer the question because Sony only has two Japanese studios out of their twenty nineteen twenty studios. So mm-hmm. we were Which, kind of trying to figure out how to tackle the question. And and. Uh, Thing, and I hope it wasn't hard. I know I ask difficult questions when it comes to shows and stuff. But, and of course, my thing is always challenging. Difficult is a choice word. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the thing I was thinking, I, I had, I, and I know this is not an expression pass, and I don't know that this deals with us, but I really feel like it's Sony at the, at the point that they're just trying to be a Western market company. And Japan doesn't mean nothing to them anymore, even though they don't mean anything to anybody except for Nintendo and mobile. And and I and I really wonder what's where did this where did pun pun not intended where did that switch happen? Is it because America and Europe are making them more money than Japan, or um, Uh yes, is it? Or or has Nintendo really just like crushed it also, for the yes. last few, last years? Yes and yes. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, not to get into like the PlayStation discussion, uh, but like PlayStation. I mean, PlayStation's head headquarters and everything is in Europe, right? Half of their studios are in Europe. Their biggest fan base is in Europe. It's just that's just where PlayStation wants to be. And I think, you know, even though Sony is a Japanese company. Yeah, right, that's PlayStation, what I'm PlayStation is a global appeal company. Mm-hmm. And to have that what have it geared towards a Western audience makes sense while also making deals with some Japanese company to keep that Japanese spirit alive. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, my answer was like, I, I really don't remember my answer at this point. It was, it was four days ago. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, I think making those deals with Square Enix and having Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and Octopath Traveler now and, you know, all these other things being on PlayStation keep satiates the PlayStation or the Japanese fans while, <coughs> you know, mainstream fans are looking for the next Uncharted or the next Horizon or God of War or Last of Us or, you know, I, I think that's even you look at something like Ghost of Tsushima that's very clearly inspired by Japanese culture. Is mm-hmm. still a Western. It's still a, mm-hmm. an, a well that, but it's also a game that's aimed toward a Western audience that has mm-hmm. that Japanese flavor, right? I mean, it's it's still yes. a third person action game at the end of the day, open world, whatever. Uh, yes, it does some unique things and it has some Japanese flair and really pays attention to a lot of the uh, cultural artistry and everything, but like. At the end of the day, still, you know, even Kojima, arguably the biggest developer in Japan, you know, outside of Miyamoto, is making Western games. You know, yeah. Death Stranding is very clearly a Western game. So, yes, that that's all that I was trying to say on that is like, you know, I, I think I think. I mean, look at the PlayStation Five. It's huge. That's not. That's like bigger than half their apartment. <laughs> and you know, if you're living in a Japanese city apartment, like, yeah, my office is bigger than half those apartments. You know, like, it's ridiculous. And which is why I thought the Series S would do better over there, and it did initially. But you know, obviously, Xbox has always had trouble uh, gaining a foothold in Japan. So, which I probably would ask the. Crossroad crew. Uh I think Microsoft is better having deals with Sega than trying to work for anything Square Enix wise. And I think it's because of Yakuza and Persona. Even though Yakuza, yeah, that is PlayStation, but I think if if Sega is just like we don't care what platform we could get our games on, we just want to get it out. I think Microsoft needs more Sega now uh, than Square Enix. It's that's a crossroad discussion. What I have, what have you been playing? <laughs> Sorry, uh, I've been playing. I played some Super Mario 3D World. Um, I'm so now that I'm kind of done with Hogwarts Legacy, I finished. I've 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 finished that up. It's time mm-hmm. to move on. And before I start Resident Evil 4 remake for book club next month, which I'm not really looking forward to, but I I'm taking one for the team. You know, I'm not I'm not a big survival horror guy, but 
I've always been kind of interested in Resident Evil, and obviously Resident Evil 4 is the big one that everybody mm-hmm. points to. So, it's yeah. It's kind of the I've, big boss rush game for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so we're kind of getting that book club ready. Uh, boss rush book club, you should check it out. Uh, the first episode is available for all people. Check out check it out on our YouTube channel or on the boss rush podcast feed for Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, unless you're planning on getting it on Switch and haven't purchased it yet, then maybe hold off. But because we spoiled the whole thing, uh, but we did two episodes on that. And uh, yeah, Resident Evil 4 is our next one. So between those two, trying mm-hmm. to really trying to really get some color in my life before I go shoot zombies, you know, so I've been playing Super Mario 3D World. I love that game. Like I said, I'm I'm on the last like three levels of that game. And uh, but I've been (laughs) I've been playing through a couple of the easier worlds just to get my Mario feet back under me (laughs) because it's uh, (laughs) I mean, look, when you take I think my last save file is from like September. (laughs) So, wow. uh, So it's been a while, but I've also been playing. I I, I also booted up Link's Awakening uh, to because I, I have two dungeons left in that as well. And hopefully I can finish off those two games. Uh, and then I, I, um, I'm trying, I, I played a little bit of Super Mario Brothers 3 also the other day because I, I am getting the itch to play some retro games. And I'm actually, I actually made a list the other day mm-hmm. when I couldn't fall asleep <laughs> of game, like retro games that I've never finished or never played. And they're most of them are, if not all of them, are available on on Switch. And uh, you know, like Ooh. a lot of the Castlevania games, I've never played. I want to play through the Mega Man games. I want to play through, you know, some of these Super Nintendo games I never really played because I never had one. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that I'm just like, maybe I'll get to these someday. And yeah, do you care so, if I play the law, or you? You can do whatever you want, Ed. I don't know where to start and I don't know where I'm starting. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, definitely, I, I think it'll, it'll be good for us. Just, you know, maybe hop on, just play together. Uh, I'll give you some tips or anything. It's, uh, uh, no, sorry. Sorry to intrude. Nope. No, I got a I got a message. I'm just I was reading it. You were I was reading it while you were uh, talking. That's all. Okay. Uh, was that all, Corey? Uh, I mean, I've I've also been playing Destiny. Also, I mean, I mean, there's nothing really to say on that. But that's kind of it. I haven't played Disney Dreamlight Valley in a week. I'm kind of concerned for my town and my people. But you know, I got other things to do. You know, they they're gonna have to wait. Goofy can fish without me. It's fine. Um, so I did buy Bayonetta Origins. Um, I'd have not started yet. Um, I, I I have it. Um, I'm going to be diving into it and talking about it next week. Um, I wanted to wait because since the game came out, uh, people have been picking it up and um playing it, but not much word has been going on about it. So I just wanted to give it a week before I, I start talking about it. Um. Dude, I'm at 80 hours in Octopath Traveler 2. Um, 
this game is literally up there for a game of the year nomination. It's so good with the stories, um, the battle systems. I'm still finding new stuff. Um, the enemies are kicking my, the boss, some of the boss battles are kicking my tail, but the stories, like after you beat the boss and, and everything, it's just, wow. Like this, a lot of the, I, a lot of the stuff is very mature, but it has it serves a purpose to what the game is leading up to. So um definitely I'm enjoying it, definitely loving it. Uh started Vernal Edge, that was the Metroidvania game um that we talked about last week for Pack Watch. Um not too far far in it yet. Uh so I just was learning the controls and how it plays. And it's not it's not too hard or anything. Uh, stuff. It really has an N64 kind of feel to it, which I like uh, about that. Um, played Exo Primal on my Series X, the uh, beta test. I I like what they're going for. I, it feels good. I will say it. I, I was having Anthem flashbacks to it in a sense, and I think. It's very arcadey and stuff, but I think I prefer Anthem's gameplay. Something about Anthem's gameplay felt tighter than uh, the Exo Primal. Exo Primal's gameplay is not bad or anything. I wasn't having problems with it, but there was a lot of button presses that, like, that I had to do to, like, it was just a lot of confirming stuff. So it was doing, like, that double press, and just like, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, this should be easier than if I select it, just go automatically and let me start and everything. Um, they had they had like a dino test. I mean, so it, it'll teach you and give you a tutorial. Um, and then it'll you know it'll match make you with different people. Uh, and then when you do that, it makes you go against another team. But I I must have missed it somewhere or everything. Uh, or I didn't just comprehend, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do with the PVP stuff with it. I'm like, is this like, um, uh, capture the flag mode? Um, uh, am I supposed to defeat? Cause they was just like, there's no dinosaurs that would interfere with the combat, but they was dropping dinosaurs just left and right. So I'm just like, this doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm like, I don't know what I am doing. We got demolished. I'll take the loss. I don't care. I'm like, I enjoy shooting just the dinosaurs. So if the game was just this, if this was just the campaign of me shooting different dinosaurs and matchmaking, I'm fine with it and everything. Like, I, I got the gist of the story and everything. But yeah. I was just like, this PvP stuff, I don't know what it is. And I I got my feel of it. I'm like, okay, great. Got I exited out and then un- uninstalled the beta. Just took it off. Because I was just like, I don't know what the PvP is. I understand what the game is going for. Um, I'll wait for reviews for it. Yeah, it it just didn't offer... It just... I don't know. It didn't offer me anything. But I'm like, this would be a great single-player game. If it was just that. Mm-hmm. Or if they want to do matchmaking, I would just... I would better rather have this than have any kind of PvP that I just don't understand and everything. Um, so... And it, it kind of reveals what the plot is, so I won't actually say anything. I do have the Resident Evil 4 demo still on there. I'm going to start that on my Series X. Uh, but I am going to pick it up. Uh, I'll play along with you, Corey, with Resident Evil 4 and everything, in case if you need help. 
um, and stuff. And I know people are probably playing the GameCube or like the Wii version or the all dots of versions that's on current platforms right now and everything. Um, I actually just yeah. brought. Oh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say I I don't know if I should try to play them both or not, but uh, because because obviously like <laughs> Resident Evil Four is already available on Xbox in multiple ways. Um, <laughs> because the Xbox three three sixty version is backwards compatible, and then they also made a four K version for Xbox One. So <laughs> you know, and now they're ma- remaking it. So there's there's all kinds of ways, but we you know just to reiterate for a book club we are playing we are covering the remake, although it would probably be helpful for to have someone I think Stoy may join us for that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean I I don't know for sure, but <clears throat> you know we'll we'll figure it out then. But uh, it would probably be helpful for someone who played the original uh, religiously, and because Stephanie and I have not played it uh all the way through and uh you know yeah i have yeah have it on no one cares we don't gank you got the wii version uh i got the whole collection on ps4 uh and then i got the whole collection i actually got the whole collection on xbox because i bought resident evil 6 uh, seven. I still need to be. I have Village that I need to play, and I gotta work my way through six because I never played six. And then I just bought Resident Evil, uh, remake and then Resident Evil Zero. It was like four bucks each, um, on on the Xbox for their uh sale, Capcom sale. So I pretty much got all the main Resident Evils and stuff. I didn't do Revelations one or two, even though I got Revelations on Wii U and everything. So. Uh yeah, um, if they offer an easy mode, Corey, for Resident Evil Four, if you decide to play like the original one, I say go ahead and play that, play it, play it on easy, and everything. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I'm not 100 percent sure yet, um, if I'm going to or not, just because mostly because of the controls, not not because the game is like I don't think Resident Evil Four is exactly that scary. The reason why I didn't play no. it is because of the, of the controls, to be honest. <laughs> So, you know, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff that's dropping this week and everything. And I haven't returned to Metroid uh, Fusion, even though I need to. Uh, and I need to do Metroid Prime also just to finish it out. I know there's there's so many games that I need to finish. And I wish like. Man, I, there's a point where I wish I had like definitely had more time to do all these things because like focusing on three separate things, right? Like I got to focus on the on Nintendo's stuff because of this show, and I really have to focus on Destiny because of Tower Casuals, and then I have to focus on probably something else because of <laughs> of Boss Rush stuff, and it's just like it's all over the place. Exactly, um, so much. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, everybody, uh, it's time for Femi News. Corey, take it away. Oh, boy. Okay, so our first, uh, it's not really news, but it is uh, pretty significant that um, uh, A.G. Anuma is turning 60 on March 16th, which was, you know, a couple days ago as of the time of this recording. Uh, Happy birthday to the legendary producer, 
Eiji Anuma. Anuma-san turned 60 on March 16th. Although there wasn't any Zelda news or updates for Tears of the Kingdom, we still want to wish him a belated birthday on this uh, this Nintendo Pow Block. Uh, I think we would be uh, lying to ourselves if we didn't, you know, as much as we love Nintendo and, you know, cheer on Awada and Reggie and mm-hmm. Miyamoto, I think we would be lying to ourselves if this show in particular uh, didn't owe itself a great deal to Eiji Anuma because of our love of Zelda. And obviously the show really took off when Breath of the Wild and the Nintendo Switch came out. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, this uh, Zelda is important. I think it's important to all of us in many different ways, which, oh, by the way, definitely pre-ordered the Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess uh, Amiibo, by the way. Uh, I got to see a Best Buy hat. Got to see a Best Buy hat. Nope, I got the two. They're, they're, they're all glow. No, they're retailer exclusive. Ah. Twilight Princess is GameStop. Majora's Mask is Best Buy. So, okay. Just to keep you up to date on that. Also, go to GameStop and pre order it. Do not order it online because they try to charge you $12.99 shipping for a $15.99 product. Just saying. $12.99. Are you kidding? It's a mess. Ugh. God, man. I can't I can't say this too loud because I hate GameStop, man. They just rip you off so much. But I wanted yes. that collector's board for some dumb reason. <laughs> and I want the my amiibo because they, like the Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, and Majora's Mask amiibo are the ones that I don't have. <laughs> and uh I was looking at them on Amazon. I'm like, okay, well, I could probably sell some stuff and then buy one for forty or fifty dollars. But who wants to spend that on an amiibo? That's ridiculous, right? <sighs> Anyways, all that, when, that, when it comes to Twitter Princess, all that mattered was the Wolf Amiibo that came with the uh, oh, no, with the Wii no, dude. If dude, if the Wolf Amiibo, if you can't use the Wolf Amiibo in this game, <sighs> I'm so upset. By the way, did you see that Amazon Japan is selling? Um, Tears of the Kingdom with something like 15 Amiibo for like $150 or something. <gasps> no. Yeah, and it ships to the US, but also the shipping on that's like a ton of money. But it's like, it's all the Smash, the Zelda Smash Amiibo. Mm-hmm. It's all of, and it's all of the Breath of the Wild Amiibo. And it's Wolf Link Amiibo, I think. Something, something about Amazon Japan is about to pop off. Um, and I think, because I know they people say they ship yeah. everywhere with a lot of stuff. I think a lot of people are about to start ordering stuff from there. Um, I think they're tr- probably going to start competing with Play Asia on a lot of things, right? For ah, international okay. shipping. I think, yeah. I think they see a market there. Not that people don't use Amazon Japan already, but like they definitely, I think... Amazon sees some sort of competition there with Play Asia, and so maybe they're going to start looking into that in a more meaningful way, or not. It is Amazon, <laughs> so yeah. It, you know, when I asked you that question, we were talking about Amazon people, people ordering for Amazon. Uh, we had that discussion last week. I oh. I post I put out just that question, be like, how many people? Uh, have stopped pre order for Amazon and went somewhere else. And a lot I of people didn't. that, 
I know, but a lot of people who responded to me were just like, yeah, I stopped Amazon and switched it to Best Buy because of the pre-order stuff of it shipping late and everything. And I understand, I know you meant, I know you mentioned Prime and everything, but they were just, a lot of people just like, they just didn't like their practices with that. I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. I'm also looking at the Fire Emblem Amiibo. Um, the Japanese imports are actually really cheap. <laughs> the Karam one is only 25 bucks, and the Tiki one is only 28 Well, nice. Oh, and the Corin one is only 25 Hmm. 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 Sorry, I'm, I'm... Since the Amiibo are becoming more and more available, it seems, uh, I am hopefully not restarting my obsession, but also maybe looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really hope that the Skyward Sword of Link Amiibo is available somewhere at some point because uh, it is $70 on Amazon. Oh, wow. I feel like I could just walk into Target and find it. And be like, Let me buy this. Anyways, Zelda. Ed, yes. We should probably talk a little bit about Anuma and Zelda. Uh, I, th- I think we well, we'll talk about that because we got a question from uh, and a question block about it. So, mm. yeah, happy birthday, mm. uh, Anuma! Yes, uh, happy birthday! Yes, Ed. I go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say he's still he's. When he when they he delayed when he announced that they were delaying Tears of the Kingdom, he was looking very zaddy. I was just like, okay, a new one with the haircut and his outfit. Just, everybody was just like, oh, a new one's looking good, healthy. I'm just like, all right. Uh, yeah, he got his haircut. He doesn't have the part down the middle anymore. It's just like a, a nor like a you know like it wasn't ripped from a '90s rom com. No offense. No. no offense to that nope. haircut, but like it actually looks like a adult haircut. He's he was looking fresh and fly. I'm like, yes, it's sad that the gang got delayed, but I'm just like, okay, Numa, you looking fresh. I'm like, you as a producer, I'm cutting you know your hair, you finish the game. Uh-uh. <laughs> I get here the internet doing that at some point. Oh please, we are we. Are, the game is in prayer. For all of for all of April, for it not to be delayed. Uh, look, man, I just I just really want that game to be uh good if, to go. Do, you know, if the tears get delayed out of May, all the only big game that we're going to have is Redfall. No disrespect to Microsoft. Shout out to them. Ooh, we we need yeah. tears in the May. Uh, but go on, Corey. I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, Ed, are you ready to race? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, as we all know, my obsession with Disney Dreamlight Valley, the free to play early access game uh, that is available on Nintendo Switch and other platforms as well. Well, they're releasing their Mario Kart clone, Disney Speedstorm. And Disney Speedstorm will race into early access in April. On April 18th, to be exact, Ed. Very excited. You know why? Yes. Because I, for some reason, am obsessed with all these Disney games now. 
yes. Um, after its last delay in December, it seems that D- Disney's Kart Racer is finally coming to Nintendo Switch and other platforms on April 18th. There will be three packs you can choose from, just like Disney Dreamlight Valley. There's a uh, $29.99 Founders Pack, the Deluxe Pack at $49.99, and the Ultimate Pack at $69.99. Depending on which pack you choose, you will re- receive additional racers of your choice, tokens, golden pass credits, and more. Uh, Ed, will you be racing alongside me in this high-speed adventure? Yes, I will. I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited. Uh so I don't really know what the breakdown is from I, I'm sure that I'm sure their website kind of has their breakdowns and stuff. Oh, yeah, here it is. The mm-hmm. ultimate pack. So the ultimate founders pack uh, gets you early access to Disney Speedstorm, uh, three golden pass tickets, which I don't know what a golden pass is, but we'll discuss that in a minute. Uh, one racer unlock of the player's choice and 12,000 in-game currency tokens. Uh, so uh early access to let's see the racer unlock you can choose mickey mouse donald duck mulan captain jack sparrow and hercules and an additional unlock of your choice does that so are these the starting racers or is there like a roster players will be okay so players will be able to immediately unlock one of the following racers baloo bell beast elizabeth swan mowgli or shang uh shang like shang chi Is that what I'm guessing from there? Shang. Or is that from Mulan? Anyways, uh, additional uh, 12,000 tokens of in-game currency, which I'm assuming you can uh, use on cars and equipment and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Exclusive founding member racing suits for Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Mulan, Captain Jack Sparrow, Hercules, and the Chosen Racer. Uh, exclusive founding member cart uh, liveries, liveries, liveries hmm. for Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Mulan, Jack Sparrow, Hercules, and the Chosen Racer. Uh, exclusive founders motto and avatar. Uh, cartwheels and wings for Donald Duck's cart. And that will be the ultimate founders pack. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. I'm really, I'm really excited for this. Uh, Exclusive pre-order bonus. Uh, you'll get the uh, exclusive Donald Duck cosmetic uh, for his cart and his and him. It's called the Early Bird Racing uh, Special. So you wow. also get that. <laughs> uh, although it is only for pre-order right now on PlayStation and Steam, it is also coming to the Epic Game Store, micro, uh, the Microsoft Store for PC games, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox. Um, so I'm really excited for this. I think yeah. it looks cool. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the $70 version. I don't really know what the. Uh, Other uh, let's see. It looks like. Yeah, you also get a bunch of stuff for the deluxe version. And. Uh, the ultimate. Yeah, OK. It's just a bunch of suits for the other characters, it seems, for the $70 version. So, yeah, I, I'm excited. I I like kart racers a lot. I didn't really care for Crash Team Racing. I think it was a little bit too different from Mario Kart for me. But hopefully if mm-hmm. they kind of take this seriously and pursue it 
or pursue a Mario Kart type control scheme and everything, I think it'll do well for them for sure. And yeah, and I think a lot of the dis- recent Disney games, like even with Disney Dreamlight Valley, I think a lot of them has been a big improvement from the past games. So and they've been pretty good, pretty decent. Yeah. Um. So yeah, check it out. I'm excited. I will probably be talking about this game for a while, especially because. Uh, no offense to Nintendo, but there were their way their Mario Kart Wave stuff has kind of been a little underwhelming for me, to be honest. So, you know, we'll we'll see. But that's yeah, yes. All right, we'll move on to our last news story here. Our last story is about Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Uh, the game has won Best RPG at. at the Famitsu uh, Dengeki Game Awards in Japan for 2022. The popular Japanese publication Famitsu has revealed the winners for their game awards, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 ta- uh, took the honors for best RPG. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, there were a lot of Nintendo games nominate- nominated in many of the categories, uh, but I think this is kind of the standout one. Uh, <clears throat> So, and this was the one that won. So, uh, congratulations to Xenoblade. I think it's well deserved, I'm sure. Uh, Ed, you played a lot of this game. How do you yes, feel about um, it? Oh, it. I was so happy that it won Best RPG. It really should have won Game of the Year, uh, also. Um, like, once again, the music, the story, the voice acting, the the gameplay, just everything about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is like top tier, like 10. It's so yeah. good, so interesting. Um, when I clicked on the link to see the winners of um of the Femisu thing, I was literally shocked that for Game of the Year, because it went to Elder Ring for Game of the Year, but out of all, I think f- out of five games, the other four outside of Elder Ring were all Nintendo first party games. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nintendo's huge over there too, right? So. Yes. I mean. But I just didn't. I I literally did not expect um for Nintendo to just like uh well, Master Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Even though, you know, that started on a Nintendo platform and it's all out of everything. It was just, like, exciting to see um, that it was on there and stuff. Um, and everything. Uh, I, there are some stuff that's on here on the list that I've never heard of um, that I might go, like, literally check out. I know Tears of the Kingdom run uh, most anticipated and everything uh-huh. but like i was so i i kind of like how famitsu did their list of games and their the titles that they got uh have on it because i'm just like this is something that they don't have in america and i kind of like i'm like if we were able to incorporate what they have on here in america i would i think making a game of the year kind of list or game award list would be bigger than ever than expected yeah yeah um i think i mean it's no secret that 
Nintendo has really captured the Japanese audience this time around, uh, especially with stuff mm-hmm. like Splatoon and uh, Xenoblade and, you know, just a bunch of other stuff in general. So um, Fire Emblem, I'm happy. I'm happy that they uh, are capturing that audience. So good for them. Good yes. for them. Uh, all right, Ed. Well, let's move on to what we like to call pack watch uh there's quite a bit coming out this week quite a a a nice set of heavy hitters here remnant from the ashes uh is coming on march 21st the uh kind of souls born ish from uh focus entertainment and uh the developer who's the developer is airship syndicate right or is it hold on hold on i gotta look it up wasn't it THQ that did the original one? Uh, it is, but they published it. I'm, I want to know who the developer is. Oh, okay. Uh, because uh, Gunfire Games, I knew it was. I knew it was a, a studio right. that did one of the Darksiders games. Uh, but it looks at Gearbox is publishing this one. Oh, interesting. Gear, yeah, Gearbox Publishing, uh, which. Uh, spoilers for a future episode of the Boss Rush podcast, but we're going to have uh, Andrew Reiner, uh, ex-game informer and now head of global publishing at Gearbox on the Boss Rush podcast. I am May. jealous. We're going to have him on in May, I think. So, uh, uh, I want to be on that episode. <laughs> uh, very excited for that episode. Uh, Mostly, mostly because of Game Informer, and that I still watch episodes of Replay almost daily. <laughs> but, oh, uh, please ask him about Sonic the Hedgehog on the three sixty, because oh, that man. one was that one was hilarious. I mean, they played the whole game. They did this know, series. So <laughs> if you, there's a there's a clip episode of all the craziness that goes on, and they're just laughing. It is oh, so yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, it was that. That's very uh, disturbing and funny at the same time. So, <laughs> I love yeah. it. They were shot, they were shot to start to ship off, and the ship yeah. fell into a water crash. <laughs> yeah, we watched that tonight. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna hopefully talk to him a little bit about uh, Remnant Two and uh, um, Hyperlight Breaker, which they're also publishing. So very, very excited, but not to not to make this about that. But uh, yeah, Gunfire Games did this and I'm I'm interested to see how this runs on the switch. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes is a third person survival action shooter set in post apocalyptic world overrun by monstrous creatures. As one of the last remnants of humanity, you set out alone or alongside up to two other players to face down deadly enemies and retake what is lost. There are over 100 varieties of enemies, 20 epic bosses, and endless possible combat scenarios. Uh, it's going to take everything you, you've got to make it out alive. Uh, yeah, the levels are procedurally generated to some degree, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Uh, yeah, me, I, uh, me and Jesse, we're thinking about how we definitely got to hop back in and finish the first one. Uh, right, because it was on out. Game Pass for a while, but I don't yeah. think it's there anymore. It might still be there. It may still be, yeah. I I know that I ended up buying it after me and Jesse seen it at uh E three twenty nineteen. 
2018 or 2019 yeah, at that E3. I was just like, yeah. Show. Yeah. Yeah. I was, was just like, like big, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Corey. I was going to say that was like the big game from the PC gaming show that year. It looked, it looked so good. We were just like, oh, yeah, we definitely need to play that. I, when I, I understood it was a Souls game, I'm just like, oh, this looks definitely fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's exciting. Uh, all right. So the next game, Have a Nice Death, is coming on 322. Uh, Have a Nice Death is a 2D action roguelike Man, that's already just crossed out for me. Uh, <laughs> where you, you play as an overworked death whose employees have run rampant, completely throwing off the balance of souls and his vacation. In order to restore order, you'll have to grab your trusty uh, scythe and show your employees who's boss. It's funny. Side tangent real quick, Ed, before we talk about not about the next game. Yeah. So... <laughs> On the Boss Rush podcast, we had uh, we had uh, Celia Schilling from Yacht Club on. Yeah, and uh, you know how Shovel Knight Dig is a, is kind of a roguelite game. Yeah, and I I almost started a tangent about how much I hate roguelikes, <gasps> <laughs> but I I tried really hard not to say anything because. Mm-hmm. I do think the game is fun overall, but I don't like the roguelike aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but luckily we talked about pocket dungeon a lot instead. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was, that was like really hard for me to not just blurt out. I hate roguelikes that entire episode. <laughs> uh, it's the genre, I, not the gay. Yeah, it's definitely the game plays very well. It plays just like Shovel Knight, and it's so much fun, except it's a roguelike, and I hate roguelikes. Uh, it's fine. Anyways, uh, our next game, which I'm very excited about, comes out on 324. I'm going to play it on Game Pass, though. Uh, MLB The Show 23. Uh, uh, MLB The Show 23 gets you closer than ever to living your baseball dreams on the diamond. Uh, shock the game and own the show with your favorite players, your favorite rivalries and your, all your favorite MLB moments. Um, so I, I listen to the ultimate Cleveland sports show every day, which is kind of like this newer uh, daily sports show on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, obviously they talk a lot about the Browns because this is a Browns town first and foremost, Cleveland uh, and the Cavs, which are going on right now. But they talk a lot about the Guardians also, and I'm actually like more invested than it than I have been since like the 90s when they went to the World Series <laughs> as the Indians. And so like I'm actually like excited to play MLB the show this year <laughs> for oh, like, wow. in a, in a kind of like a real way. Uh, so and last but not least. Uh, I, I, I before you go over MLB the show, I'm not going to pick it up this week. I'm going to pick it up following week, uh, so I'm going to snag it up next week when it comes out. Yeah, I'll get it on Switch. It so like halfway through like All Star Weekend, that game on Switch dropped to like ten bucks. So if it's that Ooh. around All Star Weekend, I'll probably pick it up then for Switch. Uh, okay, but it dropped to like ten or fifteen dollars, and I'm like, yeah cool and people did yeah and people in, did yeah. end up drawing uh 22 last year so yeah i think i'm gonna snatch I, it uh but just next week i know and also uh nba 2k 23 is 17.99 right now 
Oh, wow. Looking real good on Switch. Just saying. They have to uh, spend some coins. Uh, but if you're not into baseball, you can play Atelier Riza 3, which is coming on 324 as well. Uh, the story begins when a group of islands called uh, Kark Isles appears near Riza's hometown. Uh, is it Riza or Riza? I think it's Riza. Riza. I've heard Riza. Yeah. yeah. Uh, seeing this as a threat to her home, Riza and her friends investigate the Isles and discover ruins with a huge gate. Just as Riza approaches the gate, the strange voice echoes in her head, telling her to reach the code of the universe. What is it that lies beyond the gate, and what does the code of the universe mean? In hopes of finding a way to save her home, Riza and her friends set off on a great adventure that resolves or that revolves around a key and the root of alchemy. I I do plan on picking this up, but I kind of now want to go back to the other two games. I I. It's, yeah, it seems like it's seems like Riza out of all of the uh, the uh, Atelier games. It seems like Riza is the most beloved. Yeah, because it's more of like an action game, an action RPG. Yeah, or... it just it seems like I mean it. It just feels like another one of those games comes out like every two months or something. But every yeah. time a Riza game comes out, everybody gets really excited. Although they are remaking the original te- Atelier game, apparently. Oh, uh, which I know okay. some people are excited for. Uh, there's like 40 of these games, so you know <laughs> they date back all the way to like PS2. Shoot, it's this and trial the trials games, trial of heroes and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, good googly woogly. These are big, but I know nothing about them. Yeah. So, uh, all right, it's time for Game Fact Advance. Yes. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Uh, I'll read it because there's a lot of Japanese names. What? Because I'm white and I don't uh, know Japanese names? Have you tried to speak a lot of Japanese names? No, you, you read it. I don't want to read it. <laughs> I'm too late and sad. Uh, Splatoon. I read, I, hey, I read uh, Japanese game, names today. I read Eiji Anuma. Yes. So, this is a big, and I said Famitsu and Dengeki. Those are Japanese words. Yes. <laughs> and Nintendo. <laughs> well, you want to regain effective action, you can. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just being a jerk now. <laughs> Splatoon. Yes, the series that started all on the Wii U. Hisashi Nagami, producer. Yusake Amano, director. And Subasa Sakaguchi, director, created the game together. You may, you may remember Nogami introducing Splatoon 3 in a lab coat, but you may wonder about Amano and Sakaguchi. Well, Sakaguchi directed Nintendo Labo and was the original game supervisor for Smash Bros. Ultimate. He started at Nintendo in 2004, and his first game was The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess as a character designer. Amano, who is, now, who is now a director, got his first directing job with New Super Mario Bros. 2 and was actually hired to be a debug tester. His latest game was Animal Crossing New Horizon in 2020. He's been with the company for 19 years, while Sakaguchi has been with the company for 18. And th- those two came up uh, to mind because there's been so many uh, advertisements to Splatoon 3 and everything. 
Uh, I guess with the new DLC that's coming out, and man, the Splatoon—sorry, the Splatoon music has been knocking, dude. Like, I'm just like, man, this thing is so good. I'm like, I don't know if it's the mixing, the arrangements, or what it is, but it's it's just been banging in my car, and so. When I heard, when I keep seeing um the ads in the music for Splatoon three, I just had to think about them, and I went back and watched the trailer from E three two thousand fourteen. It was like a developer's interview, and it showed those three talking about the game where they went to uh uh, uh aquarium and everything, and they was looking at the squids and stuff and talking about it. And I remember that, and I'm just like, I always wonder what happened to the other two, uh, uh, Amano and Sakaguchi, because now when we see Splatoon 3, we just, we see uh, Nagami and everything. So, uh, that's just a game fact events that uh, everybody could check out. And I think it's good to actually look at some of the Nintendo's big directors and developers and stuff that we don't normally talk about. Um, mm-hmm. so, and so seeing their seeing their history and what they've been been doing and everything, I'm like, oh, okay. Because uh, I because uh, I I just wonder what happened to them after Splatoon and everything. And it's kind of cool to see what directions that they went into. Yeah. Yeah. Game Fact Advance Splatoon. What yes. a game. Uh, it's just so. Splatoon 3 is so good. And the music is just. Like I said, the music is so, just amazing. Um, and I think that's. I think they're pushing it uh, now because of the DLC. And I think that's probably going to guarantee them more sales. Because Splatoon 3 is still selling. So mm-hmm. that's good for them. Yes. All right, Ed. What time is it? Question block. Yes. <laughs> um. All right. So our first our first question is from uh, Stephanie. Uh, she asks, "Do you think we will get a Zelda Mini Direct? I know they do them sometimes, but I've only seen them in other IPs like Fire Emblem and Xenoblade, and not Mario, Kirby, or Zelda. At least not in a long time." Um, so, I so I think we're going to get one maybe the third or fourth week in April. I don't think it's going to be a mini direct. I think they're going to probably do, I said, a twenty five minute direct or or something like that. Because when I think of mini, I think like a fifteen minutes or something like that. But I think they, I think the game has so much, uh, and they probably want to show some area of the gameplay that that that's new and everything, um. And they'll probably show off whatever, maybe limited edition Switch OLED for Zelda. We don't know. Who knows? Uh, and probably like a collector's and or whatever. But I think we're going to get it the third week of April. Um, and then I think it's going to be something we definitely in the Boss Rush community are going to be talking about uh, and everything. So I think we're going to, yes, we are going to get one. I just think it's the third or fourth week of April. Because like after that direct drops, they really really want to like could start promoting it and everything because right now i think after events where it comes out it's all zelda that's their biggest game that nintendo's definitely going to be focusing on uh so yeah yeah i mean i i could see it going either way i think Mm -hmm. man i think 
I, I think Nintendo obviously wants to keep this close to their chest. Uh, yes. And I could see them doing a small presentation similar to remember when they took Breath of the Wild to E3 and yeah. they were showing that was the only game they showed at E3, but they never left the Great Plateau. Um, yeah. I could see them maybe doing some sort of, you know, 12 to 15 minute direct on that first area and just kind of wandering and showing you maybe, hey, here's some of the new moves or here's some of the new features or maybe show off one new kind of minor enemy to fight or something. But I don't know if they really want to do that either. I think they want I think the whole idea of Zelda is to, you know, find things and explore things on your own. Mm -hmm. And I think showing some of that and obviously at E3 that year, they were desperate, right? Nintendo was in a pretty not that they were in a bad place financially, but like they were coming off the Wii U and the Wii U was uh, (laughs) the Wii U. And uh, I think they had to show Zelda to get people excited for not only that game on Wii U, but the next console, which ended up being the Switch, obviously. Uh, Yes. And they needed to do that. I don't think they need to do that now. I think people obviously know what Breath of the Wild is, and this is kind of just building off of that. And so, I mean, I could go either way. I could say, no, they don't need to do that. It's Zelda. They'll, you know, it's <laughs> it's the best. It's the sequel to the best-selling Zelda game of all time, and people know what that is, so they don't need to do it. Or, yeah, they could probably show off, you know, an area or two and an enemy or two or show how the amiibo work or show off new amiibo or something of that nature. So I know that's kind of like a non-answer, but you know, it's Nintendo. You never know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the game is not going to be at PAX and they said something about that. It's yeah. not going to be at PAX and people aren't going to be disappointed. But that's why they're protecting it. They don't want stuff getting out about that game because you, we don't want the game spoiled. We already know that people are going to buy it, and regardless of what you think of the price and whatever, that you can have that uh, discussion on your own. Um, I think they want everybody to play at the same time and get that same experience at the same time. Because, you know, th- to us, there's a lot of new stuff, and we know, we just know that next month, that IGN or GameSpot or who all these big publications, we know they're going to get a review code for this game. The mm-hmm. NDAs they're is probably, going to be. I would be. Oh, I ahead, would be. Ahead. I would be surprised if they weren't already. Some outlets weren't already playing it in some aspect, right? I mean that game. That game is huge, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I remember stories coming out of Game Informer with, where and Giant Bomb where they're they had it like six weeks in advance. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a long time to have a game, uh, beforehand, but also it's Zelda. And I spent, I spent 225 hours in that first game. And so, you know, it's going to take a while for people to be and do what they need to do to get a proper kind of inkling We've for heard. it. Yeah, so. and and I know, and I know, probably they're also going to be doing like strategy guys and getting everything. But I'm oh, just yeah. like that. It, I think that NDA is going to be 
super super important to those companies yeah. and everything. By the way, you know, what's the strategy guide for this game? I I really want a strategy guide for this game. I <laughs> I I love Zelda, and I have all the other ones. I just want mm-hmm. some sort of strategy guide for this game, like really bad. Well, I I I really feel there is going to be a strategy guide, but I don't book form i don't think there's gonna be one or anything i know um but i I kind of i i think i feel like they're gonna probably drop it the day of release or it's gonna come a little bit later in everything Um, well that's something else they could announce in that direct too is like here's a strategy guide here's maybe some merch for it mm -hmm. you know they could probably do something of that extent too if they're gonna do something like that like i don't know i still i'm still thinking about trying to find a collector's edition of it although i don't need it i don't really care about the collector's edition i just want to play the game and everything i'm not so much of a collector's edition person anymore i'm more of a i'll get stuff that excites me i mean look at destiny right like i don't get any of the limited editions mostly because like (laughs) they're so expensive but uh, I right. usually just get the statues that are, out, you know, that come out afterwards. And, um, you know, a lot of that stuff is nicer than the stuff that's inside. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. But uh, they could do something like that, like merch and all that stuff. Yeah. I th- yeah. So that's just my thoughts on Tears of the Kingdom, like a mini direct. And, uh, don't get me we wrong, don't know at this <laughs> exactly. Uh, we don't know if it does happen. If we're gonna do a reaction to it or anything, um, what are you talking about? But of I'm excited. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, we'll have to uh, snack, Stephanie. I'd be like, look, you're gonna have to lose some sleep. Uh, <laughs> we need you on the show for this direct because we need yeah, to talk. I I don't think she would have a problem with the Tears of the Kingdom something. <laughs> Why do I feel like if it was a, like a 10 minute mini direct, how the heck did we get like to an hour and 40 minutes about it? We can get that out of it. Let's be honest here. That is true. So, you know, whatever. I hope, I hope Tears of the Kingdom is good. Austin writes in, he says, what TV or movie franchise would you like to see Nintendo make an exclusive game for? Bonus points if it's a franchise that never ha- has ne- that's never had a game before. What are these points for? Do we get do we get things? What ha- what do we do? What happens? Bonus points if a franchise that's never had a game before. So, um, like a lot of games at this point for um, for for Nintendo, a lot of the stuff that they made has already been turned into game for, whether it's console, handheld, or mobile. Um, for the where's, only thing that was our despicable me Pikmin game where the minions are the Pikmin and then uh... oh no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. The only thing that they would we, they would have is like play their playing cards. Like if they did that, like in a Yu Gi Oh kind of style or whatever, that would be like the only kind. Because like I said, a lot of their franchises, whatever Nintendo creates as a franchise, is always going to be done in the video game and stuff. They never made anything just a straight animated or or anything that is uh just for like tv and stuff everything that nintendo makes has been for a video game outside of their playing cards that's the only one 
But Nintendo did have a red light district game, so they could they literally could turn that into an M-rated game. Uh, that would be very entertaining. Like uh, turning uh, one of their red light district stuff into an M-rated game that was more of a detective game, like Hotel Dust or um, what is the what is the one game that I brought that never came out to America? Hold on. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Corey. Detective Family Com- Famicom Detective yeah, the f- Club? Yes, that one. The Famicom Detective Club. Um, that's that's something that was only in Japan, but if they did something like that that was like in the, their red light district with Nintendo, I could definitely see that as a game. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I don't know, man. For me, I guess... I don't really know. I mean, let's see. What would we like to see? I think... I mean, kept the end. It's just like the obvious. Like, but we talked yeah, about but that one already. Technically, yeah, I think that would be cool, but... Man, what TV show or franchise would I like to see from Nintendo? Uh, hmm. Right. If the question was just like what we would like to see from Nintendo, uh, not turn into a game, but a game that they have done to turn into a TV or anime or a movie and stuff, then I we could I could understand answering that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's hard to kind of think of things I, that are shoot. out there besides like what my kids watch. I mean. I would like. I, I mean, do, my 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 daughter's really obsessed with this show on Netflix called Super Monsters, mm-hmm. and I think you could probably do some really interesting things with those characters because, like, they all have different abilities. Like, Drac is the son of Dracula, and he flies. And you know, there's the werewolf kid who can kind of do different things in his human and his werewolf form. And then you have Frankie, who's the Frankenstein monster kid, yeah. right? Like, they all have different abilities i think you could do something interesting like that if you want to keep it family friendly uh Uh, for for me eternal darkness on shutter like turn that into a horror like a straight horror thing not so much hbo kind of thing because i know the hbo snl skit with mario kart was kind of funny it was good then people would watch it but that was hilarious uh, that it was eternal darkness on shutter oh heck yeah it fits on that channel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you know uh yeah because like fire because fire emblem like fire emblem could be so many series i already want my the uh uh star fox anime when it was introduced to Star Fox Zero. Well, that, uh, you know, you know, that game was pitched, right? Did we talk about uh-uh. that on the show? We or may Retro, have. Retro pitched the Star Fox game based on the puppets. Oh, yeah. And Nintendo said no because uh, they already had a Star Fox game in development. <laughs> in development, yeah. Which was, uh, shall we say, not good. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's you know that's a slam Punch, dunk right there. Punch Out could be a really good like. Uh, oh, you're going the other way though. 
Well, I mean, that, that's, to answer the question, I'm like, if we reversed it, that's what I would like to see. Um, and everything. And that's why I said everything that Nintendo has done, has created, has already turned, it got turned into a video game. So, mm-hmm. but like TV wise, they only have Kirby, they only have Donkey Kong, they have Captain N, and then the 50 million versions of Super Mario World, of Super Mario Brothers. Um, uh, Capcom did Mega Man, Sega got different versions of Sonic. Like, who, what else is out there? SWAT Cats are, was done, but that was done by another company. Barker Mice from Mars was done by Konami. Uh, and uh, Digimon, <laughs> Digimon is Bandai Neko. So it's just like, what other, <laughs> what other anime or TV show or cartoon stuff is could be done? You know, on a that's not well. I won't say that's not Nintendo, but like here in America that we know of, yeah. and everything. Like yeah. I, like Car Captain Sakura, that's Japanese, but I'm like that's from a whole completely different thing, and everything and stuff. I mean, and that's not that's not Nintendo. So like, what can you? What can Nintendo make? Nintendo would have to make something straight. For that cart straight animated and then making it to a game because Splat- right now Splatoon that's a manga and everything you know a yeah. Splatoon started as a cartoon series I think yeah I will watch cart I will watch that and then be like oh they got a video game off it yeah you know yeah uh the level five game um Professor Layton. Professor Layton as a game that got turned into a movie, which I actually bought that movie on PlayStation 3 uh, mm-hmm. digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, Yokai Watch that's mm-hmm. that's level five, and that started as an anime before it came to Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like it's kind of hard to choose. I know it also gonna be like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> you know too much about this. I'm like, but like a, a lot of the a lot of the '90s stuff and '80s stuff that dealt with Nintendo when it was cartoon or video game, I've seen, I watched before. Yeah. Um, you know, as a kid, uh, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint like what has Nintendo done that hasn't already became a, from a video game to make as the TV and vice versa. That's all, yeah. that's really all I'm saying and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else they could do. I, I just, I think there's so many different types of man. The thing too, is like, I don't play a lot of video games. I mean, like the easy ones would be like ghostbusters could be like a Luigi's mansion or, you know, like there's stuff like that, obviously, but, mm-hmm. uh, I just shoot Luigi's Mansion got a Capcom arcade game. That's fun. Yeah, I mean that's also true. So, what do I know though? What do I know? Just give me Toad driving the bus. No, you know what I want? I want some sort of Indiana Jones adventure game. That's all I want. Give it to me. Luigi's Mansion done as the Ghostbusters. Literally, what I just said. We said to say Indiana Jones. No, I just said, oh, the easy answer would be Ghostbusters would be Luigi's Mansion. It's literally what oh. I just said. 
Right <laughs> you just said Indiana, Indiana Jones. That's what I heard. Oh, no, before okay. the Indiana Jones thing. Thanks oh. for listening to me. Ed. <laughs> I'm just like my wife. Ignore me. My feelings don't. No, the, the the visual popped in my head, and I'm like, ah, oh, ooh, yes. We already know about Metroid and stuff, so that we don't have to go that route in our thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, remember when they made that mummy game? <laughs> that was oh like, yes, game that was really good. Uh, what if they did that Project Hammer game as like uh animated cartoon series, and then made a game out I of mean, it? I mean, I can't believe they never did anything with that. That tech demo was like one of the coolest things they did for for Wii, and then they just never did anything mm. with it. Yeah. It's just me, I guess. I feel you like know what? I, I, I think, man, if I was going to say Mario Maker, but I'm thinking now something else. Like, if there was like a, a, a show that, you know, Nintendo was just like, this is how you build stuff. Like, if Labo literally had like a competition, um, TV show before that will actually come out. That'd be cool. I think that'd be super cool. Although they already kind of tried that. Didn't they do like the Peacock did something with maybe it was like Frogger or something, but some sort of gaming competition thing. They based it off of Frogger. It was not very good. As far as I can tell. I remember Sony had that reality competition with PlayStation. Like, oh, the, the testers or whatever. That? Yeah, that was yeah. so not good because they weren't real PlayStation fans. So, uh, anyways, good times, everybody. Yes, proud of all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of here. Head. Well, of we still got another podcast to record. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody, that's going to be it for Nintendo Pop. Like, thank you, Corey, for joining me. Uh, once again, um, our thoughts and prayers and our love are sent out to the Reddick family um, for their loss. And everybody, we just want you to have a great week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some games. Uh, hopefully, you guys pick up some stuff out for uh, Pack Watch. Go go shout a happy belated birthday to uh, Anuma son if you haven't. With that everybody, have a great week, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time on Nintendo Pop Block. Bye everybody. Bye. Nintendo Pop Block is a product of Boss Rush Media, LLC, and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. The show is hosted by me, Edward Varnell. My co-hosts are Corey Derrick and Cordy Yikes. You can find Corey at I am Corey in HD on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting the Boss Rush Podcast and Tower Casuals, the Destiny Podcast. You can find Cordy at Cordy underscore Yikes on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can find me at that Retrico on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Nintendo Podblock on all social media platforms at Podblock Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network, Discord, and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Visit BossRush.net for more great content and Patreon.com slash BossRushMedia to learn how you can support this show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.